Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god, we've already screwed up at the intro. <clears throat> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the RR Show, the best show on the internet, bringing you the hottest Reddit stories there are. This is episode 217, and we have a fan favorite today. Today, we are jumping into r slash let's not meet. Grab your tea and your popcorn and your blankie for this one. This first story is in from Unintelligent Human 69. Old gas station in the middle of nowhere. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When I was younger, every year for Christmas, I would drive upstate to my aunt's house along a stretch of highway. I cannot for the life of me remember the name of this road. All I know is it runs nearby Akron, New York at some point. However, most of the drive is through rural areas with little to no towns nearby. So it was the dead of night, and my groggy self had gotten off a long shift and had to drag my ass to my aunt's house, since my extended family was expecting me the following morning. Near halfway through the drive, I realized I was low on gas, which irritated me. My brother told me he'd filled it up the day before, so he either forgot or was straight up lying. I saw an archaic-looking sign for a gas station off the next road. It wasn't an official sign, literally a pole with a slab of metal attached with gas off next exit or something along those lines painted on it. Seemed a little sketchy, but people do the same thing with fruit stands on highways, so whatever, right? I pulled off the next exit on some dilapidated country-ass road through dense woods. The whole thing was creepy and surreal. I kept expecting Leatherface to come running out of the trees with a chainsaw. Anyways, eventually I came to the gas station and realized quickly it hadn't been open for years. It was all rusted and the convenience store's roof was caving in. The gas pumps had all been taken out as well. I pulled over next to it and checked my gauge. I would probably only make it another mile before running out of gas. So I called AAA and they said they'd send a truck over. Now, I played the waiting game. I left my engine running because when the headlights were off, everything was pitch black and my paranoid self was not sitting next to an abandoned gas station in the middle of a forest in complete darkness. So most of the wait went uneventful until I sensed movement around the side of the old store where my lights are pointed. I look up but didn't see anything more. 
so I look back down at my phone. Then, over the sound of the night, I hear someone yell, Hey, buddy, come here, in a demanding tone. I look up, and I shit you not, there's a dude standing by the old store looking towards me, illuminated by my headlights. He looked like a run-of-the-mill homeless guy. I was honestly spooked and figured he must have been squatting there. Still watching him, I rolled down my window and yelled something like, Yeah, what's up? Still mentally crapping myself. I had my foot ready to floor it out of there at the first sign of trouble. You got any change? Nah, I don't. Sorry, man. I look up at him and he has this kind of vacant expression and is standing stiff. Then I see more movement. There are heads. About 20 or so heads peeking around trees beyond the man I'm talking to. I can't see them clearly at all. But they are definitely people, literally just heads staring in my direction from around the trees. I see another guy beginning to walk from around the gas station, and then I turned around and sped off. I got as far away from that place as my tank could carry me and updated AAA on my location. The driver came back over and filled me up and I didn't say anything. But after he left, I wanted to call the cops. So I called the nearest town sheriff department. They said they'd send a trooper over and I gave them the location. When I got to my aunt's house, they called me back and said whoever was there was gone. But they could tell a large number of people had been living there for a while. Blankets, canned food, the usual. The whole situation still freaks me out, but frankly I can consider myself lucky because I've always wanted to have a creepy story to tell. I'm just glad nothing bad happened. So yeah, you and the creepy dudes at the gas station, let's not meet. Don't forget guys, we actually have a YouTube channel now. Oh, actually we have two YouTube channels. So there's the RR Show podcast on YouTube, which is just the podcast episodes on YouTube. But there's also the RR Show YT, which is our dedicated YouTube content. And we've got quite a few new videos over there. And they're all stories that haven't been on the podcast. So if you get a minute on your tea or coffee break, go and check that out. And make sure you watch them too, because they're, they're visual videos, unlike the podcast. Anyway, our next story is from HamFX. Oh, God. The Ballad of Sex Dungeon Dan. Hello, everybody. This story takes place on the same piece of land referenced in my prior Let's Not Meet story, horrifying storage unit auction experience, although this one took place almost 20 years prior. Back then, this parcel of land was owned by my dad and a business partner. It was essentially vacant, although he had taken on a few tenants who needed space to restore old sailboats or store industrial machinery. Being in a somewhat remote area, we were not immune to trespassers, and tenants would tell us about stolen tools or machinery parts quite often. This is where we met Dan. Dan came to my father much in the same way many others did. He had a boat restoration business and needed a place to work. He also asked if it would be okay if he slept on the property a few nights a week, under the guise of it saving him time commuting if he worked late on projects. This was mutually beneficial, as Dan seemed like a decent guy, and it would be nice to have a presence there overnight. We let him have a reduced rent rate as compensation for him generally keeping an eye on the place. 
A few months later, Dan had built himself a little compound, a series of three sea containers in horseshoe configuration, with a little trailer in the middle. Over the same period of time, we noticed Dan didn't seem to work. There were never boats there, and Dan's a few nights a week became every night. Soon after, the excuses for why he didn't have rent started coming in. Effectively, we had invited a squatter into our property. Dan became the same people we wanted him to keep out. Trying to look on the bright side, my dad and his partner were still okay with it, as it was beneficial to have someone there at all hours. The theft had gone down substantially and Dan's rent, even when paid in full, was not tipping any financial needles for us, so we let it be for the time being. About a year later, Dan's mental health was starting to show its cracks. He went from polite to aggressive and bitter. He wasn't violent and was always very courteous to me personally. I was 23 at the time. But when he was asked about money and background, he would get defensive and start blaming my dad and his partner for why he couldn't pay. My dad wasn't afraid of anybody, but Dan made him nervous. My dad's partner had a friend who had recently dealt with a similar renter-turned-squatter situation, and when they called the police for assistance, he was thanked by the squatter with a bullet in his stomach. A few thousand dollars back rent or an eviction was not worth a gunshot to my dad, and we all felt that Dan was capable of snapping in that way. So we just kept Dan busy doing clean-up and random tasks, which he always did, and remarkably well. One day, my dad asked me to run up the site for him as he was out of town. A tenant had called because it looked like someone had tried to cut through a piece of our fence and he wanted to get eyes on it. I pulled onto the property where I was greeted by Dan. Hey, buddy, he yelled and waved. Dan was always very respectful to me, a courtesy of which he had stopped showing my dad and his partner some time ago. Hey, Dan, I yelled back as I parked and got out of my car. Come check this out. Dan replied, and waved for me to step inside his little compound area. I was dying to see what was going on in there, honestly. I knew Dan was off, but I never felt intimidated or in danger, just, you know, like another weird guy. I walked over, and Dan brought me next to one of the sea containers. Check this out. The sea container had a roll-up door on the side instead of the typical latch and swing door on the end. He rolls up the door to... A wall. I look closer, and he's welded a metal wall two feet into the sea container. What am I looking at, Dan? Skirt down the pathway to the left, he says and points. I look down the narrow pathway and see a small opening at the end, maybe four feet high and three feet wide. Check it out. I really should not have gone in, but again, curiosity and that feeling of invincibility you have as a 23-year-old overshadowed my better judgment. I squeezed down the hall and threw the door into the main hold of the sea container. The interior was painted deep red. Shag carpet had been poorly glued to the ground. On every wall and surface, broken pieces of mirror had been glued, and in the back, an old-style prison door had been welded in place, and behind it... A small round bed with shiny satin sheets. There are times when you can't really believe what you are seeing is real. The sensory overload of this enclosed place was too much. I don't know how long I stood there, but was snapped back to reality when Dan 
Standing right behind me, he says, I love to party in here. I hadn't even realized he'd followed me in. One good piece of advice my dad gave me when dealing with tricky situations was, always play along as you are safe until a moment comes where you can get away fast and safely. I ran through the scenarios. Now I'd done MMA and kickboxing in college. I'm not a small guy, but neither was Dan. Do I punch him and run and risk God knows what? Are there weapons hidden in here? I decided for the path of least resistance. Wow, Dan, this place is sick. I'll bet with some weed and some music, you could spend hours back here. Yo, man, you should come back and we can hang out together. It'd be wild. His face softened, like he had just found a friend who got it. Look, Dan, I want to hang out bad, but I came here to meet my dad and he should be pulling up right now, so I've got to go meet him. Dan shrugged and I walked past him, squeezing through pathways until I was back outside. I calmly walked to my car, got in, and left. I relayed the story to my dad and his partner, who thought it was odd, but due to the fear of potential violence from Dan, both my dad and his partner weren't certain that Dan didn't know our home address. We didn't call the authorities. We did, however, keep a very close eye on Dan and actually brought in another tenant to stay the night and keep an eye both on Dan and the property. Eventually, Dan decided to move on. One day we showed up and his containers were being loaded onto a shipper, but he was nowhere to be found. He had moved on, leaving behind only sea container footprints and three dumpsters worth of garbage. I told the police the story soon after along with his name, and they said they would keep their ear out, but not knowing where he went or if Dan was even his real name, there wasn't much they could do. In the time since, we never had a visit or heard from Dan. The only people I told this story to were my paintball friends at work, who would practice with me on this property and knew Dan since we was always there, and coined the nickname Sex Dungeon Dan. Next story is from Maltese Panda, the Bag Lady. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. 
But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. I have always had an innate fear of the night. Not so much the dark, but the night itself. As a child, my imagination was overcome with stories of creatures that come alive at night and the safety offered by a house and light. I never had anything to base this fear on until a night when I decided to go with a buddy of mine to a baseball game and got stuck at a light at 2am after dropping him off at home. Of course, that night the game went into extra innings, and so I didn't get a chance to drop my friend off back home until well after 1am. Everything was fine on the way home, until I hit a light right before the street that led to my house. It was a T-junction, and I was turning left. The light is one of those that you think is broken until it finally turns green, when you finally decide to just run it. Of course, I pulled up right as the light turned red. I would have just run the light, seeing as no one was there, and it was closing on 2am on a school night. But earlier that week I heard the phrase, Character is what you do when no one is looking, and for whatever reason, that was the night I decided to prove to myself that I was a man of character. Big mistake. I pulled to a stop at the light, feeling good about myself, bordering on self-righteousness, when I happened to look out my window to my left and noticed a lady sitting all alone on a bus bench. We made brief eye contact and I quickly looked away. It was too late. I could see movement out of my peripheral vision and knew she was coming my way. I looked out the window and noticed she was carrying a bag. I quickly checked that my doors were locked and all my windows were up. I then moved my right foot above the accelerator just in case and braced myself for whatever was about to come. I was hoping it would just be an awkward exchange and was praying for a quick light change before she reached me so I could just get out of there. I knew there was a slim chance of that, though. She walked right up to my window, put down her bag, and began to tap on my window. I nervously looked up at her, and she motioned for me to put my window down. I had automatic windows, so I just imagined pushing too hard on the window bus and that thing coming all the way down so i took a deep breath and lightly flicked it with my finger the window moved microscopically down but she did not seem to notice or care she leaned in and began to talk she said my boyfriend beat me up i have a friend who lives down the street can you give me a ride i should stop and give a brief physical description of bag lady she was small and skinny of indeterminate age She was either in her mid-twenties and had lived a hard 20-plus years on the streets, or she was 60-something-year-old who had a moderately hard life on the street. All that to say, just by looking at her, there was no way to verify her story. She looked beat up by life, not just by her boyfriend. But there was something about her delivery. It was robotic and seemed practiced, and like she was disconnected from the moment. It just made my skin crawl. 
And after a brief, about a second debate on whether I should do it, I told her that I had to get home and could not give her a ride. After my first refusal, she leaned in closer and said the same thing again. My boyfriend beat me up. I have a friend who lives down the street. Can you give me a ride? This time I felt more confident when I declined to give her a ride and told her I had curfew and had to get home. She leaned in a third time and began her statement again. My boyfriend beat me. At this point, the light changed. I slowly lifted my foot off the brake and started slowly rolling forward and began muttering an apology. She didn't move. She just looked at the light, then looked down at me, leaned in closer and said five words that have haunted me ever since. You made the right decision. Then she picked up her bag and walked back towards the bench. I peeled out of the intersection and cried and screamed all the way home. I have no idea what she planned to do, or if there were people waiting to jump in my car from the bushes had I moved to let her in. But that encounter has haunted me ever since, and has confirmed in my mind that nothing good happens after dark. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.